Welcome back to the Dialed Up Podcast. Boys, there was a lot of football on this weekend. Nice Big Ten is back. Big Ten is back. Mm-hmm. Mountain West is back. Yep. Uh, so much football that I had, had to add a fifth TV to the setup, man. I saw that. So uh, I was a little sad that I didn't have you guys I'm here sorry. watching the ball with me, yeah, but I, know. I, know. I, was, I got a little bit lonely. But hey, we got a lot to talk about. But let's first start off with just recapping some uh, some scores other than the three games that we're really wanting to dive into. So some games of note. Um, Wisconsin uh, really blew out Illinois with the redshirt uh, freshman quarterback and um, Graham Mertz, who we'll talk about a little bit later, but he had a phenomenal game, only one uh, incompletion, which happened to be a drop. Clemson, of course, they struggled in the first half a little bit against Syracuse, but ended up pulling away in the second half. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence threw his first pick six, and like, I think that's his first one of his college career. I'm pretty Damn, sure. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Um, Bama, of course, blowing out Tennessee. Notre Dame actually surprised us yeah, after the week yeah. they put up last week against. Louisville. It's just indicative of, of the season of this year. Yeah, it, but it's they're starting to fix some things on their offense. It's though. good to finally see them start to get to where everybody expected them to be. You know. Yeah. Um, other than that, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, in my opinion, by far the best game. Well, second best, second game, best game of the entire weekend slate. Best that game was, was right next up. That was a so fun to watch. Back and forth. Chuba Hubbard is a dog. Yeah. For real. Um. Then you have uh, the upset, which wasn't quite as shocking as I think some people would lead to believe. Um, I really could have seen, I could see Indiana pulling that off, but in the fashion that they did. Now, me personally, I don't think that two point conversion was good, but. Penn State should have never even allowed it to get to that point. Running back should have fell down. Defense should have made at least one stand on two of the three drives I mean, or one of the three drives they had. Um, I mean, so you know, it's just another team I've been saying before the season started that was un, un, uh, overrated, getting knocked off right off the rip. Yeah, so I'm down with it. I mean, <laughs> that that game had some serious controversy with it though. So that was a really fun one to watch. Uh, these two we will get to here in a little bit. Um, BYU again showing up. I think they're going to end the year undefeated, man. Well, they should. Their schedule, yeah, their schedule, is their, ass. their schedule is ass, but they are also a really good football team. I, I know, but it's talking, hard to judge them on the, without playing anybody. Yet, aren't they man. talking about going it's independent, just, kind of like how Notre Dame did? They, they are. are independent. Yeah. Are they already? They yeah, are. Okay. So that makes sense. So, but they have a really solid program, and as teams lose in front of them. They're just going to keep moving up. So it's going to be interesting to see where they end the year. Um, North Carolina, NC State, that was a bigger blowout than I ex- expected. I expected that to be a tighter yeah. ball game. Same. Um, I picked NC State for that. But North Carolina, I figured. I mean, Hal didn't kill him this time. He yeah. didn't hurt him with the turnovers and, of course, with the running game that North Carolina has. It's kind of, you get that going, it's yeah. hard to stop. Now, this is the game that really surprised me. Middle fingers up, baby. I said I'd do it. I said I'd do it. Wow. So, obviously, uh, I have some thoughts on this one. Minnesota was missing a lot of key players. I think they were missing uh, three of the starting five on their offensive line. They were missing their starting punter, their starting kicker, um, and a few others. And, boys, I have to say, special teams are so important, and special teams was the difference in this game. Um, You had P.J. Fleck making some risky calls early on, going for it on fourth down, trying to uh, a fake punt. And field position just was going against them the entire game. Some big-time special teams mishaps because not having those starters and those key uh, special teams guys in there. And I honestly think that was the difference in that ball game. I can't blame P.J. Fleck for trying to take some shots on special teams stuff too, though, because Michigan has shown in the past that their special teams have been pretty – you know, shitty. Yeah, I mean, and when you're missing those guys and you don't have the faith in the guys that are playing, you have to try to do everything you can to give yourself an advantage because you know you're going to be losing the field position battle. Yeah. So that was a surprising one. I expect Minnesota, when they are fully at 
have everybody playing to be a lot more competitive. But Michigan pretty much dominated. They looked really good. It's I'm excited to see how they uh, square up against Wisconsin in three weeks. Well, this this next one snuck up on me because I actually didn't realize it till I was on my way over here. I didn't yeah. even know Wake Forest upset Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, I was I was uh, catching updates on that. That wasn't one of the ones I had on the the TV, but I was I kept uh, getting the updates on it. Is there any other bigger games? I think um, that's pretty much it. Kansas State games. had a great game. This was a battle of undefeateds between FAU and Marshall, and Marshall went out and handled their business. Coastal Carolina remains undefeated in the Sun Belt. That's about it. All right. So, before we get into our games, I do want to talk about some quick implications of this Wisconsin scenario that's going on here. Mm-hmm. So... Like we mentioned, Graham Mertz had a phenomenal, phenomenal game um, and against Illinois. Only one incompletion. He went 20 of 21, um, 248 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, he was on fire and not just playing, like putting up the stats. He was making very good decisions. He was holding on to the ball. He wasn't forcing, uh, forcing throws when he didn't need to. He would hold it. He would, uh, you know, scramble out, try to extend plays. He was throwing the ball away when he needed to, not taking unnecessary hits or, like I said, forcing the ball. He was being very patient with the throws, moving in the pocket well. He looked very poised for being, only being a redshirt freshman. And in my opinion, he looked like the best quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime Outside of, outside of Russell Wilson at Wisconsin. Yeah, same. Russell Wilson doesn't really count because... I mean, yeah, he, he, he looked really good. Now, it, it was against Illinois, but Illinois has been improving with Lovey Smith at the helm. But still, I was really, really excited to watch him moving forward, and then it comes out that he tested positive for COVID. And it was just released that he had a second test, also positive. So, per the Big Ten regulations that were approved by the presidents that means he has to sit out for 21 days that 21 day mark is the day of the michigan game so that's three games he's going to miss so he's not going to be able to play until the day after that michigan game not only is he out the third string quarterback also tested positive for covid so now how many scholarship quarterbacks do they have on the roster? Because that's your first three already out. Yeah, or do you right. start looking, like well, you pull a Kentucky and you start looking at your emergency quarterback situation where you throw like a wide receiver that played some quarterback in high school and just try to get some mobility out of it. Yeah. Here's like another that. thing, too, is that because, as you said, like he took his second test and he tested positive, right? How many more times do you think they're going to keep dishing him tests until it finally gets a negative one? You know what I mean? Like, well, as soon as they get that negative one, they're gonna lock, they're gonna try and lock that in, and get him back on the field ASAP. So I, I, I don't I, think he's gonna be out for a full twenty-one days. I don't think. I don't think be. that they would I be say, able to because I say seven to fourteen days, they're gonna get a negative, and he's gonna be back. See, I'm I'm not sure because as soon as they had that second test to corroborate, mm-hmm. I think the big. I think this was all planned by the Big Ten, and I will get into this because at what point? How many more guys? At five percent is all they need. Five percent of the players on the roster to test positive before they shut the program down. Okay, yeah. now you add that in. I mean, look at Florida. With well, yeah, but you add that in with the Big Ten also said that you have to play six games in order to qualify to play in the Big Ten championship mm-hmm. game. Okay, I think the Big Ten are not going to waste their resources in these tests after you had that second test corroborated because the higher-ups, Kevin Warren, did not want the season to play in the first place. The only reason they are is because they gave into the pressure from the fans and the athletes and the parents, and this is their way of saying, fuck you. We told you so. We told you so. And you got, I mean, I'm not going to get into politics, but on top of this, you, you said that they don't want to waste their test. I don't... I'm pretty sure it's unlimited for any Big Ten program. I'm sure they can afford as many tests as they need. That, but that's affording it and having access to it is different than the Big Ten actually being willing to go out and send them out to the universities and you know having the tests administered. I, I agree with you somewhat. I just think that 
there's no way they're going to sit there and let him stay out for 21 days. I, I would hope not because, like I said, he. I want to see – I'd like to see him continue playing and see just how good the kid actually is. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's a big-time concern for me because these games are going – there are going to be games that are going to be getting canceled due yeah. to COVID. I just think because, like, we've seen – all over the news and all kinds of things. I know people who have gotten COVID and tested positive for it and then test negative for it after two tests, well, double negative Saban. tests. Look yeah. at Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. We literally just look watched at, it happen. Look at yeah. Donald Trump. I mean, I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't want to get into politics, but like people have been getting positive tests and then not even a week later they get a couple negatives and they're like, yeah, yeah. you're good. You're set. But get back out there. The you issue, know? and this is where the Big Ten differs from every other conference, is – they require after you get that second um, test that shows positive, you have to go to see a cardiologist for the uh, mito. Uh, I yeah whatever the heart test the, the heart issue that yeah. is linked with COVID. Yeah, you have to go to a cardiologist and get the test for that, mm-hmm. and that takes twenty one days okay. to come back. So that's where they're running into the issue. And that's where the issue is going to lie. So it's going to be interesting to see how this situation uh, plays out as we move forward. But that is a big kind of newsworthy piece that we really had to hit. With that said, which game do we want to start off on, boys? Come on, let's get it. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start it off. All right. Um, So from what I saw with my boys playing against uh, SMU, I was really pumped. I was really proud to see how we played. And how we came out, especially. We didn't come out, you know, forcing anything. We didn't come out with any, like, just absurd turnovers. You know, everyone looked poised. Everyone looked ready, especially for being an away game down at SMU. And SMU still had some fans and stuff like that. I was really proud of the way that we came out and the way we performed coming coming into that game. Didn't Ritter, and like, then, throw up on the field at one point? I, I thought I saw something, like... He, I, didn't I saw something on, like, Bleacher Report. Like, he, like, threw up on the field in the middle of the fucking... I, I wouldn't be like surprised. I, I didn't see that. I, I mean, I can't confirm. Head. I remember reading it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing it somewhere. That or somebody just, yeah. like, maybe he was just going off and they just worded it really wrong, but it literally no. said Ritter throws up on field in the middle of... like. No, he, uh, <laughs> he, he was a dog that game, and he did a really good job, and I was really proud of the way he played. It was awesome to see that, and then... On top of that, like people just underestimate that dude's speed. You know, you yeah. watch him when he takes off, At, man. It takes two stri- It takes two steps for him to get six, like six yards. Prior almost. That, that was yeah. the thing that really surprised me is when I looked at that final score, I watched uh, a good portion of the first quarter, and then I had to go pick up some buddies from a party. Um, <laughs> so I missed the rest of the game, but uh, when I looked at that score line, I was like, "Oh, Ritter really popped off." Yeah. Uh, and then I go and look at the highlights, and it was all rushing. Yeah, that's and that's where my only concern. That's lies. what I was gonna say too. That's that's kind of my concern is because you can only do that for so long yeah. until you go against somebody who really knows how to play. I mean, and it has the speed to be able to handle him. Because uh, in order for us to really continue to really succeed, we need to start getting more out of this passing game, and we yep. need to be able to have a solid run game without right. Ritter having to showcase his ability to run because we know he can do it, but. He, he goes down, then, you know, our next guy is Ben Bryant, and Ben Bryant's 100% a guy. He, he He's not afraid to step out of the pocket and run for a couple yards, but he's more of a pocket passer-style quarterback. And I just think if we can get Ritter kind of in that same style where he's got a good balance and he's not more run than he is pass, I think we'll be set. You know, yeah. at, against SMU, um, he, he showed that he can run. He, and he was, even though he, well, he still did a decent job passing, but, like, I want to see more, and I think that's not really on him. I think that's more on our wide receivers being able to, you know, run their routes and get open. And one thing I foresee in the future games and your future matchups is obviously defenses are going to take note and right. defensive coordinators are going to take note of the running ability, right? Right. They're, they're going to go to that film and go, okay, where was this team torched? Okay, they were torched on the ground. How often did they go to the air and take a deep shot? How effective yeah. were they with those deep shots? Yeah. I'm gonna. I anticipate that the teams that you're going to be facing in the near future are going to be loading the box, containing that run, really containing him, having a spy on him, and yeah. saying, "All right, let's see your dudes beat ours on the outside. Right. Let's see if you can actually throw it deep." Yeah, 
I agree, and, uh, and that's one thing that kind of scares me because sometimes Ritter will try and force something that I think is not quite there, and that tends to be an interception. So I don't know. We'll see. And he, he still had some moments where I was like, damn, that looked forced and was damn near an interception. We got lucky a couple times. But, yeah. Um, overall, like, I thought we did good. SMU's star player was also out from that knee injury that he had that game. Yeah. So that helped us out quite a bit because if he had been in the game, uh, our defense would have had a little bit harder time, I think. But outside of that, you know, we did well. We have Memphis coming up next week. I'm curious to see how we do there and see what kind of you know defense Memphis comes out with. So. And you know that one's going to be chippy. Oh, yeah, every time. So your boys had a tighter game than I was anticipating. Yeah, oh, yeah, not just you. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I shouldn't be all that surprised. Whenever we play Virginia, this is literally what the scoreline is literally always like always like this some weird five point freaking game every single time we play them regardless of who wins but the biggest thing i saw was everyone's been kind of wondering when are we going to get the passing game going yep we got the passing game going our problem is rhett lashley just went away from it he went back to all right we're going to run these rpo dive plays three straight plays in a row i'm gonna look like mark rick except it's an rpo and not just a dive play (laughs) and um, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned with his play calling. His play calling because he is—it's like he is like trying his freaking hardest to not go to the pass game, because Derek King was torching him in the pass game. Yeah, I mean Mike Harley had 170 yards off 10 catches. Yeah, Derek King threw 70 percent, 322, and then that one touchdown on Mike Harley. Our run game, our leading rusher was 43 yards with Don Chaney. Your boy Cam, 8 carries, 8 yards. I mean, at, at what point are you just like... Are, I Now, and now granted, about halfway through the game, it's sort of becoming like almost like a downpour, typical yeah. South Florida fashion. But I've seen all the... You know, I've seen these games over and over again. It's like this a lot where we get this downpour, but we still can throw a freaking football. And if you're really getting trapped like this, I mean, if it's just not working at all... It's gotta, better. It's better than it a, a performance like this. Now our defense held them scoreless for like I think it was like forty five minutes of the game. Yeah. They scored. Uh, Virginia scored. We scored in the first. Uh, it was like fifteen seconds. Yeah. It took us like only fifteen seconds. To that score was a the, that was the one to Mike Harley. Yeah, it was when we uh, switched the uh, offensive difficulty to freshman and fucking <laughs> just went okay here we go, and um and then Virginia answered right back. But then we held them scoreless for like forty five minutes. Now, the defense allowed 366 yards. Um, I believe the majority of it was rushing. I, I think we held pretty strong in the pass game outside of one blown coverage, which was their second touchdown Okay. Um, in, in garbage time. Uh, Al Blades missed – it was either – I've heard people arguing over who missed what, but it was a missed assignment by either Al Blades or um, Gervin Hall because it's some for some reason Al Blades thought um, he was going to have Gervin over the top, and he didn't. Yeah. And the guy just got wide open and was six. Um, our run blocking was just terrible. Uh, we only ran for 122 yards, and we I think we ran the ball 40-something times. Oh, God. Um, I just... So, it's... I'm, I'm trying... I'm big on Rhett Lashley, but I'm not that impressed lately with his inability to get the passing game going. Um, it's... Our, our offense is becoming way too feast or famine. Yeah. Um, it's like it's either big play or nothing. It's literally what our what our what, what it's like watching our offense. It's either going to be a yard or two or seventy, and yeah. nothing in between. Um, Derek King coming into the game, his biggest complaint that everyone's had on him is his deep, deep ball accuracy. He completed six passes for twenty yards or more coming into this game. He completed six that game. Yeah, how are your tight ends doing? Oh, oh. well, Will Mallory cost <laughs> a motherfucker. Yeah. That was nasty. Um, Brevin Jordan's still hurt. He sh- uh, we're in a, we're coming into a bye week, so he should be good to go here soon. But Will Mallory was he he mossed a dude. It was pretty it was pretty dirty. Um, uh, they might they might not have it because it wasn't a touchdown. Yeah. Um. But you know it's it's your typical Virginia fashion. The prob- I wouldn't be as upset if this wasn't the third straight week performance yeah. that we put up. Um, I could I justified Pitt because we put up thirty one, but. It's like, got to get it back on track. Yeah. yeah, and you know Cam can quit t- quit tweeting and start putting it on the field. I guess he's kind of frustrated right now. 
he's, he feels like he's not getting enough touches, but the freshmen are more explosive than he is, so I don't know. Well, I mean... I, I don't know what to tell you. We'll, we'll see what happens as we move forward, and I hope that Rhett can get it figured out and get it moving. So, in terms of the Buckeyes, man, uh, first off, got to say, Mr. Nostradamus over here did <laughs> predict the, uh, the score accurately. Darby, congratulations. However, I will say that I only missed five or four out of the fifteen. I know. Picks. No, my pick okay. my pick wasn't that great, but I got the Michigan one. See what it came down to on the podcast. I said at Michigan, you guys went yeah. Minnesota. And I guess the score on the fucking Yeah. Alright, I'm just want to say I'm still the dude, I was, king. Dude, I'm sitting there, I'm not gonna lie to you. That that final drive, right, with Ohio State, and they're showing Ryan Day like twenty seconds left and he's just sitting here you can just see him like debating like, Am I gonna be a fucking asshole? And I'm gonna be a fucking asshole. And then he apologizes <laughs> afterwards. And I'm like, get me that fucking tutty, dude. And he got in there and I'm like I'm, dude, I like stood up and went, That's fucking go. That's right. <laughs> um But <laughs> overall, um obviously we started out a little slow. Defense started out a little sluggish. You were supposed uh, to be good. It's the first game. Uh, yeah, offense uh, took a little while to get going. But overall, they played extremely well. Justin Fields, very, very good game. He showed, once again, why he was a Heisman finalist last year. Uh, our wide receiver core, with the youth that we have, I, I, yeah, that's what I was um, dude, I'm, I'm saying it, best wide receiver core in the nation. Um, with the just the pure talent that you have between Olave, uh, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Nam- uh, Namigba, um, Julian Fleming, those dudes are yeah, insane. The, with a quarterback who can with, throw a dime ball yeah, almost I'll, every time. I will. I'll pump the brakes slightly. I want to go a couple more weeks, and then yes. I'm, I'm I'm on the fence with you. I'm, I, I'm saying I'm, pure I'm talent. Bring, they still have I will to get say there. that this is the best probably receiving core I've seen Ohio State personally have. Yeah. And a, I mean a long. I mean, a, I think. I mean, honestly, probably the best I've ever seen Ohio State have the, personally. The only one that I, in my lifetime, that I could compare is the going uh, back to like Ted Ginn and stuff like that. Brian yeah. uh, Moss, Hartline, Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like this one's way more explosive. Oh yes, one hundred percent. And that's why I like they're way I'm, more talented. Uh, and then it's funny because you brought up uh, Graham Hurts only having one incompletion that was a drop. Same with Justin Fields. Yeah. His only one was a, was a drop. And it was, yeah. So, so, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, but Heisman. Yes. Yes. But there is a big time concern. Our O-line played well. I was really happy with the O-line play. The biggest concern was Master Teague and Trey Sermon did not look good. Our run game looked awful. It looked terrible. Um... Couldn't get anything going. Both of, it looked like both of them were, you know, they didn't quite have that juice. Who was um, that true freshman that looked really good? I'll, I'll get to him. Okay, I'm sorry. Second. There was a true um, freshman that looked really good. So you had both of them. They looked a little bit sluggish. It looked like they were missing some holes. Their vision wasn't quite there. Obviously, it is still the first game, and it's the first time seeing live reps, uh, well, game speed reps, and both of them are coming off injury. Yeah. However, Steel Chambers. Steel Chambers, yep. Dude. He looked good. He had that pop, that quickness. He didn't look like uh, a freshman. He was hitting the hole. He had good vision, good patience, waiting for the blocks and everything to develop in front of him. Um, I'm excited to see him uh, hopefully get uh, some more reps. If Trey Now, Trey in the second half, he started to get things going. Me, personally, I've never been too big on Master Teague. I'm um, not either. No. I, I've never seen He doesn't it. fit your system. No. Um, he doesn't fit the system. No, he's more of a pro style. No. Yeah, he's um, like a Wisconsin type. Yeah, Wisconsin type back. Um, so I've never been too big on Master Teague. Trey started to get it going a little bit in the second half, but I was really uh, impressed with Steel Chambers, and I'd like to see a little bit more of him moving forward. Well, and that game really reminded me of one thing, I, dude. I'm and I and I completely skipped over. It. I'm sick of the. I'm getting real sick of the targeting calls across well, college football, man. And let me. So obviously, I said I forgot to mention him uh, uh, about Miami because Amari Carter got ejected for targeting on the very first defensive snap. Obviously, I'm a Buckeye <laughs> Again. guy, right? I am a Buckeye fan. When I look at that and I try to be as objective as I possibly can, and I think I pride myself on being different than most Ohio State fans in that regard. Okay, yeah, I was arguing with my family so, on the last one. On the first one, 
I could see it going both ways. Was it weak? Yes. But did he lean in with the crown and the helmet and make helmet to helmet contact? Yes. So I could see that one going either way. Do I think that one was worthy of an ejection? No. Do I think it's worthy of a penalty? Yes. The second one, the hit on Olave, that, that was the one that should have been called. That was textbook targeting as clear cut as it gets. I think that should have been the targeting call and Williams should have been out. Now, he wasn't. And he ends up having the later hit on Jackson uh, Smith. I can't pronounce the damn yeah. name. I'm getting tongue-tied. Um, but anyway, and that hit he gets called for targeting on, and he gets ejected. That was not targeting. No. He, he, hit him with the he, back he, of he the launches, but that was shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. To me, that was a good, hard football hit. Um, that's my personal take. Now, granted, he shouldn't have he shouldn't have been in. He should have been ejected earlier for the other hit. Um, but that one to me well, was not targeted. It's like uh, um, uh, what's his name? Clat. Joel Clat said it best <laughs> in the middle of that freaking. Well, I don't I don't agree with his take on I it. I don't like. Well, well, he said he was trying to go low. No, no. What what I said. He made a really good point. Is what do you want the defenders to do now? Yeah, because it's literally. That, like, you can say what you want, but the receiver got set up with that fucking route that you do not ever want to have yep. as a wide receiver. If you're going to come on a deep slant and it's just you and that safety, you know what's about to happen if that ball comes to you. What was you th- know. There's only one thing that can happen in that situation. And be thankful that you're playing in 2020 and not in the 70s. Oh, man. Yeah. He would have been out. Yeah. He would have been unconscious, yeah. carted off the field. Well, and, but, and even that hit, like, he led with his shoulder so hard that he almost made contact with, like, the back of his shoulder. Like, yeah. that's how far he leaned in, and I just, it's getting ridiculous. Man. But I agree with Joel in the in the regard that there needs to be levels to it. It shouldn't just be automatic ejection. Um, I think if there's clear launch and contact to the head and neck area, then... Like and you're launching into it. I think that should be an ejection. But if it's not forceful, if it's like that first hit where he just kind of leaned in, no. If it's where it's launch and it's forcible contact, but it's to the shoulder, no. Yeah. Like you can try to remove that hit from the football it's, all it's you getting want. Ridiculous. But right defense, de- defensive players are getting shoehorned. Every single rule in the rule book is slanted and tilted in the offense's favor. Um, but I was concerned in another area, and I did not like uh, the lack of a pass rush that I saw for the in the very beginning. I was expecting a little bit more out of uh, Zach Harrison and some others, but it's getting all the national um, notice right now. Haskell Garrett, man, he had a hell of a game. He had a sack, and all of this just a couple months after getting shot in the face, man. Seeing him on the field was so good to see, and he was blowing up the middle of that uh, offensive line and really dominating the line of scrimmage. Even though he only had two tackles and a sack, he made his presence known repeatedly. So I just wanted to give that a little shout-out. With that said, we got all of our boys taken care of. Let's get into talking some AP Top 25. I mean, we talked about it multiple times and how we think the AP is a joke. And in my opinion, it's looking a little bit better this time around. I'm not, I'm not seeing as, as many absurdities um, in it right now. In my personal opinion... I would like to see Marshall and Coastal Carolina a little bit higher. I think Oregon could drop. Um, I just want to call out the AP for uh, how come Notre Dame moved up after a 12-6 to win on Louisville, but Miami dropped a spot because we struggled with a team that <laughs> well, 19-14 in a, in a rainy-ass game. This, this is the one that gets me, boys. Penn State drops 10 spots, right? So they're like, oh... Well, then we just have to throw Indiana one spot above. I don't think Indiana is deserving of the number 17 no. spot at all. I think they should be in the top 25 after that performance. I think 
Penn State should be around the 20 mark, and I think Indiana, even though they beat them, I think they should be right in that same region. I don't think they should be at 17, 18. I think Marshall, Coastal Carolina, even though they're in group of five conferences, they are both 5-0. and They both dominated almost every team they've played. I think they should be a little bit higher up um, in the rankings, especially when you look at Coastal Carolina, right? This is going to be my main thing. When you look at their record or the teams that they beat, they have indirectly beaten 80% of the Big 12 through the teams that they beat, beating other teams, etc. You know, just the butterfly effect. They beat the team that beat Kansas State. Where is the other one? Who who was the other upset? Oh, they are ranked above Iowa State now that Iowa State's a two-loss team, but they weren't before. So I think Coastal Carolina should be a little bit higher up, especially after that first weekend where the Sun Belt said, hey, we're Big 12's daddy, and the only team that the two teams that are at the top of the Big 12 other than Oklahoma State both got beat by Sun Belt teams who have both been beat by Coastal Carolina. So that's kind of my thing for them. BYU, like we said, uh, they haven't Schedule's really easy. They haven't played anybody, but they're going out and dominating, and all they're doing is they're passing the eye test. That's all it is for them. Yeah. But I want they'll, they'll they'll start to stagnate here real soon. Yeah. With the Big Ten start getting in, and then Pac-12 is going to end up hitting in eventually, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The Pac-12 Pac-12, Pac-12 starts in November. Yeah. Oh, they're starting. Too late. Yep. Way too late. I don't think they, I don't think they have a shot in the dark at getting into the playoffs. No. I mean, even their best hopes, Oregon. I mean, but, and this is, I mean, obviously that's the AP. But thing that confuses me is, we go over to the coaches' poll, right? Is anything glaring that you see over there on the coaches' poll, and? I have one thing very clear. Right around that 13 mark. What, with North Carolina being that fucking high? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think North Carolina is even deserving of 15th. I think North Carolina was deserving to drop a lot farther for losing to a one-win freaking yeah. Florida State team. And that got its ass beat by Louisville. Well, the fact that they're up there is pretty absurd. And that's the coach's poll, dude. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what to think of these national polls anymore. Well, no, I mean, they dropped Miami out of the top ten for losing to the top team in the country. Yeah. And then you get, like, Georgia losing to the number two team in the country, drops one spot. Notre Dame struggles against a team Miami beat by 20-some points and moves up a spot. But then yeah. Miami struggles in their first real struggle of the year outside of Clemson and drops a spot. It's It's absurd. It's ridiculous, man. So and the Indiana one, I'm, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that I don't understand the, the logic there. It makes no sense. Well, I honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't even agree with Wisconsin jumping all the way up to nine I after one don't game. Agree with that at all? Because what? what yeah. Because what were they before coming in last week? Uh, they were they're up three spots. No, that's the coaches. Oh, they're up five on the yeah. AP. For blowing, beating the brakes off of a shitty ass Illinois team, so yeah, I don't know. This this year's just weird, uh, and and you know it's gonna continue to be like this because we're gonna continue to have these upsets. Yeah, um, this year's just that's just what it's gonna be, man. Because you're gonna have Notre Dame struggling twelve to six, and then the next game coming out and beating the brakes off the team. That's just what it is. Yeah, but it's like the AP doesn't accept that. It's just like, yeah. well, Darby, I want to hear. Who do you got on notice? Do you have anything lined up for us? I don't have anybody to put on notice this week. Um, I don't have any cra- I couldn't find any crazy storylines. Um, nothing, just nothing really wild right now. Um, What's your update with LSU? I don't think there has been any update. You probably won't hear any update on LSU. They're gonna try and keep that under wraps. Yeah, the NCAA doesn't want that to be keep, keep talking. No. I mean, uh, you you want to? How about Miami's dirty ass jerseys though? Since we're on a little <laughs> hiatus here. Mm-hmm. That. Those are some sick jerseys, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. I actually wasn't crazy about them. <clears throat> really? No. They're, okay. um, they're obviously 
I know why you like them. They're all black. No, it's not that they're all black. It's they're our first all black ones that we've had in a long time that look like really good. Like I mean, our last ones were I, bad. I, I think it's the stripes that throw me off. I don't like the stripes on the sleeve. I a lot of people say that, but it, honestly, it, it it makes sense. It's just my personal opinion. Uh, I don't I don't I think care they for could them. have added a little bit more razzle dazzle to it, but I think they're cool. I guess. Well, like, they added enough to keep I, and also keep. It I could sit here. I mean. I'm, I could sit here all day and think of, like, other ideas that they could have added to it to make it look sweeter, but, yeah. like, like imagine if they had fucking, like, chrome orange face masks with that. Well, that, well, like, that shit was, like that. my you only, I mean? like, my only complaint the on shit. the uniforms is they didn't change the helmet. They kept yeah. the same exact helmet as our previous one. But, yeah. anyway. So, this is, <clears throat> honestly, we, we kind of flew through that a lot quicker than I was anticipating. Were you guys wanting to give out any uh, game balls or anything for anybody this week? Hmm. Um, because I, I I can't think of anybody really that I would give mine to Chuba, uh, Chuba Hubbard for Oklahoma State. That dude was just phenomenal in the game against Iowa State, and I mean he just does not stop. He does not go down. Yeah, that would have to be mine. I'd have to give mine actually. Uh, I I want to give mine to Justin Fields. Uh, I thought that he, I mean yeah. he technically was per- absolutely perfect on the day. Um, for being one, like one of the guys who used his platform to get the Big Ten back in and perform the way that he did, well, he, he doesn't get that... enough. He doesn't get enough talk, man. Trevor Lawrence gets all the talk. But if yeah. I'm being real with you, and I was saying this on Facebook, uh, of course, you know, to an audience of other a bunch of Ohio State fans, was <laughs> that I think he personally, he, as in terms of a complete quarterback, he's the best quarterback I've ever personally watched in terms of a complete <laughs> in college. Yeah, a complete game of being able to be mobile enough to freaking torch you in a run game, but then also can roll out and hit a dime, like yeah. an absolute dime. I'm not talking like that metaphorical. I mean, just like a. I mean, the he throw, makes some ridiculous throws. The throw that Jackson Smith uh, Namigba had in the fucking back of the end zone that was insane. The dime to uh, Garrett Wilson on the post pattern. No, I mean just. He had those throws over and over again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up my, I'm gonna pull up the picks he, on my. He does a great job with his reads. It's impressive. Who would you take uh, there, Callahan? Um, man, I the one that's on my mind right now is the, the guy from the Indiana Penn State game who had that just oh Penix? top top effort touchdown, that was border. Or am I thinking the Michael Penix Jr. The quarterback, the, the yeah. quarterback for Indiana. Yeah, who just yeah. Hit, who hit the pylon? Yeah, well, that was no. I know, <laughs> I know. No, he he played a hell of a game. I know, like that. They yeah. played with like second level effort, which is always nice to see. And I was I was excited for him. You know, I hit my buddy up Hunter, and I was like, dude, that's huge. I was like, now, granted, obviously Penn State made some big time mistakes that costed them that game. I don't, otherwise, I don't think it would have gone that way. But regardless, Indiana like made it a fucking battle, and then they t- overcame. You and know, so the, I was I have to give it to the quarterback for Indiana. The funny thing was, we saw the exact same thing happen on Sunday with Atlanta blowing the game. <laughs> their game to the exact same thing where Todd Gurley tried to stop and go down, and but yeah. he crossed the plane, and yeah. then they go down to lose the game to, against uh, the Lions. But all right, so this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. Let's go ahead and get into our picks for next week. Um, so we'll just go right down the list. Georgia versus Kentucky. I'm taking the Bulldogs on that one. Luke? Yeah, I'll take Bulldogs. Now, this is one I, I'm going to say I can see Kentucky beating Georgia. I can too. I can see that That's 100%. I uh, well, so I, 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 I kind of debated on this for a little bit, just a minute. Um, but I'm I'm taking Georgia. I do like Kentucky as a typical upset team because they're they've got more talent than people realize. But yeah, uh, I I think Georgia's got this one. Uh, Kansas State, West Virginia. This one I think is clear cut. I'm taking Kansas State. Yeah, I'm gonna say West Virginia just because. What after they just got their shit stomped by Texas Tech? Yeah, I think they're gonna battle back. Okay. Yeah, I actually think uh, Kansas State's gonna drop this one. I think I West don't. Virginia might battle back and win. I think uh, I think Kansas State's run game is way too strong. I just think I, this will be a game. Deuce, oh, you, you're it, obsessed with that. You're obsessed with that combo, aren't you? Deuce, yeah. yeah. Do well. This is no. no you're thinking North Carolina, mm-hmm. but Kansas State has another running back tandem that is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, mainly led by Deuce, and I can't remember his freaking last name for the life of me right now. So Memphis, Cincinnati. I'm gonna. 
Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cincy. gonna get it's gonna get scrappy. I already know that. I hope the I really hope fucking Ritter stays poised and doesn't lose his head because you, you there's gonna be so many dudes jawing in his face mask and he better fucking keep poised and not let that shit. He better what, learn what, to turn his head and not talk back. What's your guys' recent history like with Memphis? Like, it in terms gets, of the game and who wins and shit like that. It gets scrappy, and it goes back and forth, and generally, like, this past year, Memphis got in our fucking heads both games, and they they talk mad shit, and sometimes we either let that get to us, or we stay poised, and we do solid. And generally, against Memphis, if you come out against Memphis, and you ball out, like, like if you come out strong, it, it's generally who, has, who can talk shit first ends up being, like, a dominant in that game. So, like, if we come out and we run the score up within the first half then we start talking shit then Memphis gets down on themselves if because the shit talking never stops yeah and then like if Memphis gets a lead up on us or if, Mem- if it's a battle either way like it's all about who can stay poised and almost every time we end up in that situation we lose our shit and I'm I don't know so like I'm thinking that we can start off strong especially after how we just performed against SMU and we can ball out however Memphis might have a fucking plan for Ritter and I guarantee you that that's probably all they're talking about this week is how the fuck can we get in Ritter's head. So they're going to be talking mad shit. They're going to have a, some sort of different defensive game plan to contain him. And if Ritter can stay poised, then we'll do okay. That's the only thing I worry about. But I'd still take Cincinnati, of course. Okay. Um, so going off what you were just saying last about Ritter and like from watching what I've seen out of Ritter, and like especially I key on uh, what, what you said earlier when we were talking about uh, this last Cincinnati game. Um, and you were talking about how he has a, this tendency to force things when they're not there yeah. and throw picks or almost picks. Yep. I actually think that's going to be a deciding factor and I'm taking Memphis. Ooh. Right. I don't have faith in... And I don't have that much faith in Ritter outside of the run game. And to me, shutting down a running quarterback is a lot easier than yep. shutting down his arm. And I don't have a whole lot of... Because uh, if now if if that SMU game would have been Ritter killed SMU on his arm, then I'll be like Cincinnati all day. Yeah. But when yeah. when it's coming down to he's still not there on it on the throwing. Yeah. But I just feel like you can scheme around <laughs> it, and then like that's why why I asked you first. Yeah. What's your recent history like with Memphis? Yeah. As you told me, scrappy games and Memphis got the better view. I feel like this if this might just be like that problem game. Yeah. I still think Cincinnati wins the American, but I feel like this is going to be the game you guys drop this year. In my personal opinion, I hope I'm wrong though, because I love Cincy. So, well, next up we got the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe and Michigan, who just dismantled Minnesota, versus the the team that gave up the win to Rutgers. (laughs) Rutgers got its first Big Ten win in two years. That's crazy. uh, I'm picking Michigan. Yeah, we'll take Michigan. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Okay. (laughs) Now this one. Thank you, Michigan, for playing well. This one is actually an interesting matchup. LSU and Auburn. LSU made a quarterback change, I think. They from, benched Brennan? From what I... There wasn't Brennan that was playing when I was watching them. Let me pull up the stats I'm again. I'm taking LSU. Auburn's overrated. Because um, I'm fairly certain that... I may be wrong. I may be mistaken. Let me just double check here. I've been saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Auburn's overrated. LSU's not ranked. Hold on. Got it. Auburn's overrated. Good yes, they are. Yeah, but, um, let's see here. Auburn's overrated. <laughs> you just gonna keep saying it? Yeah. Where the hell is that? Did I miss it? Doesn't matter. They're overrated. I'm just trying to see if Brennan got benched. Auburn's yeah. overrated. I'm not. I'm not seeing that game on the scoreboard. Sorry. Okay, whatever. Um, I doubt he's fully benched, so... Yeah. Um, With all the hype that's been around him, I highly doubt that they, they're actually fully oh, benched. Oh, there it is. Box score. Um, yeah, TJ Finley. Was, he, was unless, the quarterback. Unless Brennan got hurt. Um, and I want to just say the offense for LSU looked a lot better with Finley than I've seen it with Brennan. So that actually kind of... And Auburn's overrated. And Auburn is overrated. I will finally admit it. I'm taking LSU. There you go. Am I really going to do this? I'm, I'm taking Auburn. Overrated. Okay. I'm the only one taking it. Uh, I just don't like the vibes around LSU. 
I don't. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's a shitty year for them, and it's just going to continue that, snowball. That news came out before this game, and look what they did to South Carolina. I know, but I feel like Auburn's a way more talented team than South Carolina is personally. So regardless of how I feel about yeah. Gus on. Next game up: Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Yeah, Notre Dame. I'm taking the Irish. Irish all around. Irish. All right, TCU and Baylor. Oof. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me go back here because Baylor just played Texas, and I don't remember what the outcome of that game was. They lost. Baylor lost. Yeah. Twenty-seven to sixteen. <laughs> all right. Well, that tells me all I need to know. I'm yeah. taking TCU. Yeah. Give me the Horn Frogs. Wisconsin and Nebraska. Now this one. I am really torn on because Wisconsin doesn't have that big time running back anymore. They have uh, three running backs that they're rotating through. Uh, Grosh, I, I don't. It's another name, but he seems to be their all-purpose back. He was doing pretty solid out of the backfield. He's a strong runner, and then they have another guy from I believe Illinois, and I am not even going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, he seems to be their speed back. Um, but going down to your fourth-string quarterback, that is big-time sketch for me. I'm going to give Nebraska a win that I did not give to them in my preseason prediction. I'm going to take Nebraska. I'm too. taking Nebraska. I'm staying on Wisconsin. Staying on Wisconsin? Yeah, I, th- I, just, I feel like Wisconsin can definitely scheme around not having a quarterback. See, I would normally that's the one thing I can always rely on is a Wisconsin ground game. And I would I'm, I would normally agree with you, but after watching the ground game last week, I don't I'm, see it. I'm just I trust me. I mean, I know that that's what they're probably going to be hammering this week is that they're going to be practicing their run game all week with the new quarterback. Mm-hmm. They know that they're going to need that. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Um, now we got Texas Oklahoma State. Give me the Cowboys all day. This is gonna be a big week because I'm taking the Hook'em Horns. I'm taking Hook'em. <laughs> Both of you. Hook'em. Yeah. Yep. Just cause. Okay. Yep. I I think uh, Tom Herman gets his win that uh, everyone goes. Is Texas back? Hey y'all. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be expanding my pick'em lead this week. Anyway. Oh no! Unless I continue my Nostradamus <laughs> shit on these weird ass podcast predictions. Mississippi. I'm to do that when I want to say something cool. <laughs> Mississippi. He's, he's got the fucking control. I need a button. I need a controller. <laughs> Mississippi State, Alabama. Uh, I'm taking Bama. Bama. Yeah. Arkansas, A and M. Now this is, I think, is another kind of interesting matchup. You're trying to make it. Um, <laughs> Arkansas is a little bit more talented. A and M. Yeah, I'm taking A and M, but I think Arkansas I will give them a game. I think Arkansas is going to give them nah. a game. And who? A&M. Texas A&M? Nah. <laughs> you gigging them? I'm going to take Texas A&M. Yeah. All right. Uh, we don't need to really worry about this game. I guess we make predictions, but it's not going to be played. COVID? They've got 30 players on COVID right now. Oh. Florida does. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, the game's just not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to play. Yeah, I'm... Um, Even with 30 players, I'd probably still take Florida. I'd still take Florida, yeah. Um, Ohio State, Penn State, give me the Buckeyes. OH. IO. North Carolina, Virginia. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So, uh, I I still think North Carolina is overrated as fuck. Um, Virginia is kind of a scrappy team, but uh, I still kind of want to rely on talent. I think North Carolina wins this one. I just don't think this is a game they drop. I agree. Last one. Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Give me Oklahoma. Yeah, I'll go Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm staying on you. Okay. Now, (laughs) there were two games that were not on this uh, list. Who's old Miami got this week? Uh, We have the infamous bye week. So we are uh-huh. not playing. Okay. Well, <laughs> but then. but it is our one of uh, Manny Diaz's nemesis. So yes. We'll see. We'll see how we come. All out right. After. And then, I guess the last game we got to pick is Cincinnati and Memphis. Cincinnati. We already did that. Oh, we did. Didn't yeah, we? We did. yeah, yeah. We did. I'm really yeah. Took Memphis. Dude, I haven't slept. I worked third shift no, last night. I got night. you, dude. I'm tired as fuck. Like I can't even. Yeah. I can't even like sit. From, <laughs> my legs bugging me so bad from work over the last. Yeah. You know. So, I guess to end it, what's got you dialed up, boys? 
It's my fucking birthday this weekend. I'm getting trashed. Is it? Are you <laughs> actually going to be here? No, I'm going down to Cincinnati. Motherfucker, I'm going to be by myself again. No, you're not. You oh, you're I'm, actually going to be here? This I, well, no, I was like, I, did I not message the... Okay, hold on. You keep telling what you're dying up. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be... So I'm going down to Cincinnati with a few friends, and then I'm meeting up with more friends once I get down there. And we're doing some party trick-or-treating, so I'm just going to be fucking hopping around party to party. And just having a ball. I got a bunch of fucking uh, apple pie moonshine in my car, too, so Ooh. I'm going to be rolling down about four jars of it, just ready to dial it up. There you go. Tell you what. Rachel and I are going to view three more houses um, tomorrow. Better have one with a nice like patio or. A that's got me dialed up, along with this Chick Fil A that's been sitting and getting cold on my desk. So I'm excited to finally fucking eat this. I'll tell you what what's got me dialed up. You know what text message I got? Oh god. From my mom. Okay. She god. made fucking chili, and she said, "Come and pick Ooh. up some chili if you want it." That's I'm picking some up on my way home from here. Yeah. Um, that's solid. got me dialed up. How much? That's solid. How much chili? I'm sure there's probably quite a bit. Okay, well, before we start, we, before we end, the biggest question um, on, I guess, Texas TikTok, beans or no beans in the chili? Beans. Beans. I mean, it, beans. Is this, why, why was this a big question? Oh, Texas is, I mean, it's just because Texas you're is focusing on the wrong thing. I'm a Skyline guy. I, I would rather oh. have onions than beans. Was this on Texas, like, if I have to choose? No, like the football, or is this no, some food. other... Oh, I was going to say, this was Texas Longhorns. Like, That's the problem when Texas I'm isn't a, back. I love, love Tex-Mex and Texas cuisine. And uh, apparently, it's like a big no-no in Texas to put beans in your chili. But, hey, I'm a bean, I'm a bean in the chili Bean it up, dude. Bean it up. Um, but, you know, so I think that's going to probably do it. For yeah. all of us, uh, not much content. This was kind of a, there was a couple upsets this week, but nothing really crazy. And also, our schedules didn't quite line up this week, so yeah. we weren't able to really prep. get together and prep and communicate with what all we had planned. So this was kind of thrown together a little bit last second. But either way, um, follow us on YouTube, on Twitch, follow us on or subscribe on. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Follow on Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. Everything. We're on, we're on all of it. We're uh, everywhere. We'll have the website, podcast website, linked in the bio where you can find the links for everything as well as all of our uh, previous episodes. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next weekend.